Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Hot spotting is hot. I've had friends on hot spotting teams telling me about it for some time now. And certainly, there are other terms for the process of using claims data to identify those patients who frequently use health systems but are poorly served by them. It's probably happening in a health system near you. So whatever your organization calls it, there's quite a lot of communication going on within the team and between the team members and the patients and communities they serve. So I want to take this opportunity to talk about some considerations for communication, what you might want to keep in mind if you are on a hotspotting team. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. Begun in Camden, New Jersey in 2007, hotspotting involves interdisciplinary teams who seek to understand why some patients have frequent hospital visits and how better outcomes can be reached. One of the goals is to provide patients with enhanced care and targeted intervention programs. Another is cost containment for the health systems. Being a member of a hotspotting team involves many learning opportunities. It touches on cultural humility, motivational interviewing, teamwork, coordinated care, and complex patient care. That explains why educators, clinicians, practitioners, students, researchers, health system administrators, patient organizations, and policymakers are some of the folks involved in and interested in hotspotting. So with all of this action going on, let's take a minute to think about communication. First, we're going to start with communication in the patient's life world. Hotspotting teams depend on gathering information about the patient, her surroundings, and her background knowledge and assumptions about her condition. All of these are helpful building blocks for patient care in and beyond the clinical setting. Now, this is often done through home visits, so that's where I'm going to start. What you are looking for, noticing, and saying when you are talking with and about your patient in the home or community setting. You know by now, and you've heard me say, that our understandings of health are culturally mediated. This means we each draw on a range of ways of understanding the body, science, procedures, insurance, nutrition, and more. These ways of understanding are shaped by our knowledge and our experiences with our bodies and with the healthcare system. And we all learn how to make sense of and use this knowledge from the various communities we belong to. Whether or not our understandings of health and being healthy correspond to the latest medical knowledge, they make sense to us. Our understandings of health shape how we read, write, talk about, think about, listen to, process, and act on what it means to be healthy in our communities. It can be easy to 
Think of the ways other people understand their health, health care, and health information as problematic, especially when it's not what you think should be normal or basic. This can lead to a deficit perspective on a patient or a community. As a healthcare professional, serving the patient means starting where the patient's at, knowing what's important to them, and seeing others' bodies and health as they see them. Our ideas about health are culturally shaped, sure, but these ideas are not fixed. They shift and can be changed. That's where you come in. So find out what's important to the patient. Remember, this has basis in community. Start where they're at and avoid that deficit perspective. A second concern, communication with the patient. Hotspotting had its basis in health professionals noticing that a small amount of patients were responsible for high amounts of charges, many of which were preventable and many of which did not result in good outcomes for the patient. Part of why hotspotting has gained traction is its potential to lead to more efficient use of the health system, which in part saves systems money. As you know, individuals with complex health and social needs drive much of the total cost of healthcare. This situation tends to lead to, or at least reinforce, a negative or deficit view of these patients. This view is reflected in some of the terminology used to describe them. In a great podcast episode on hotspotting from North Carolina Public Radio, links in the show notes, Mark Humawicki, Director of the National Center for Complex Health and Social Needs at the Camden Coalition of Healthcare Providers, says, quote, A big piece of this is these are patients that typically the health system looks down on. Labels as frequent flyers, thinks of as non-compliant, end quote. So, when it comes to the patient and to her health communication, what she reads, says, views, writes, or listens to, I'll make one important point. Be careful with your language. What terms are you using about the patient or client? You know, besides patient or client. What kinds of values or priorities do these terms reflect? Are they frequent flyers? Or are they people least well-served by current arrangements? For another example, illiterate has been used as a threatening and pejorative term for decades. It can quickly take on connotations of someone being unintelligent, uninformed, backward, or somehow lacking. As I've pointed out before, multiple studies prove that people who are labeled or thought of as illiterate by one measure or another actually have multiple sophisticated ways of reading a text, reading images, keeping track of items, measuring, weighing, estimating, calculating, and accessing information. Again, links to these studies in the show notes. So first, ditch any negative terminology. This will help you see your patient and their communication, including their health literacy, in a new light. For instance, think of all the common everyday tasks that involve literacy which your patient might engage in, such as 
making or using shopping lists, calculating prices, reading recipes, using the internet through smartphones or computers, reading signs, and reading, annotating, and reciting sacred texts. Keeping in mind the many everyday ways your patient engages in literacy activities can be useful. You get to know your patient as a person, and you have a basis for beginning, and going forward with, the communication and education of this patient. And lastly, let's look at communication within the team. Communication within a hotspotting team is important because hotspotting is, by design, a broad-based collaborative. Teams extend across medical specializations, but also across disciplines. Yep, people who don't usually work together. Yet interprofessional teamwork has been shown to decrease burnout and improve care and decrease costs. But they can be a little tough on communication. On that same lovely podcast episode, Dr. Amy Weil, a faculty advisor for a student hotspotting program at UNC Chapel Hill, said, quote, We're trying to teach students to work with each other and also try to serve these patients, end quote. So in an effort to help out around here, I offer some reminders. We all tend to think our way of seeing things and talking about things is normal. This is because we are socialized into the ways we talk, think, act, and more. Earning a professional degree is a significant socialization process. In various professional programs, people learn to talk, think, read, and write in ways that are necessarily specific to an area of expertise. As you're aware, across and even within groups in the health professions, the terminology is different. The focus is different. In short, even within healthcare, people's ways of thinking, talking about, and doing health are different as a result of our participation in our various professional communities. So when it comes to talking about health, talking to someone outside your professional neighborhood takes work. The important first step is to remember this. We all tend to take our normal for granted, when in fact it's shaped by our communities, in this case, our professional communities. Our way of doing and saying things makes sense to us, but maybe not to those outside our professional community. So, yes, specializations each have their own ways of doing things, and the language and terminology that goes with it. Keep an eye on how your team is navigating this kind of cross-disciplinary translation. Does one way of talking about and doing things tend to dominate? Whose professional or academic approaches are marginalized or glossed over? Hotspotting programs seek to serve the most vulnerable members of society by providing enhanced care and services. At the same time, hotspotting seems to hold great potential for addressing the social determinants of health, increasing interprofessional learning, avoiding penalties to hospitals for high readmits, and reducing unnecessary patient hospitalization. Its popularity shows no signs of slowing either. Check out hashtag hotspotting the next time you're on social media. There's some nice stories there. As I've pointed out here, there's no lack of communication considerations for these teams. 
If you would like further information on communication and hotspotting, go to healthcommunicationpartners.com or reach out to me. I'd love to help. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication, and I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Weevil. Thanks. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.